everyone, it's Katie and Claire. On this week's episode of Think Positive, we will be discussing the experience of pregnancy and birth during the pandemic. I'm joined by my colleagues, Chloe, Raymond, and Gabby. During this episode of Think Positive, we hope to address the issues women and new mothers experience during the COVID-19 pandemic and provide a more comprehensive understanding of pregnancy. In this episode, we interviewed new moms and pregnant women to find out what it means to be pregnant in today's society. First, let's break down what the COVID-19 pandemic looks like in general and for pregnancy right now in the United States. According to the CDC, as of July 22nd, there are almost 3.9 million reported cases of the coronavirus in the United States and over 140,000 deaths. The staggering number of cases has been growing daily as the U.S. fails to flatten the curve. In the last seven days, California, Texas, and Florida have all reported over 64,000 new cases. As time goes on, the situation continues to become seemingly more dire as the virus progresses unchecked. In regards to pregnancy, the CDC reported that there have been 12,969 total cases of pregnant women with COVID and 35 deaths. Pregnant individuals are more likely to be admitted to the hospital and end up in the ICU as compared to non-pregnant individuals. Additionally, a greater burden of disease falls on Hispanic or Latino pregnant populations. Though COVID-19 has changed many aspects of daily life, let's ask some women about how it has impacted their experience in pregnancy and birth. First, let's give a quick shout out to Matter Mia blog and podcast, which shares the experience of Black mothers. It provides resources for mothers to handle microaggressions, motherhood in a colorist world, and parenting through racism. Check out their blog at m-a-t-e-r-m-e-a dot com. Now we're going to move into our discussion. Let's open up our discussion to ask our guests um, about the experiences of the pregnant women they interviewed. So for our first question, how did you prepare to give birth? How did you choose your method of preparation? And what outside factors do you think influenced this choice? What do you think your biggest influence was in regards to how you felt about pregnancy or birth? Um, Well, I interviewed a woman named Kimberly who gave birth in early April. Um, And she said in terms of preparation that most of her influence came from books, the stories of other mothers. Um, She had an app that she downloaded on her phone that helped her prepare for birth. It was her first child. So um, that's, that's where she got most of her information in terms of actual pregnancy and delivery. Um, And then otherwise her preparation was closely intertwined with working with a birth doula, um, which she chose because she had heard so many positive reviews from other women, from friends who had had them. um, And she wanted a support person in the birthing room with her. So that was her, that was how she described her method of preparation. I interviewed a woman named Stephanie and she was telling me that her pregnancy was a lot tougher than her last one where she felt a lot more stress going into it just because she didn't expect this pandemic to happen out of nowhere. And she knew that stress can be harmful. So her main goal for the last few months of her pregnancy was to just find ways to reduce her anxiety. And that mainly involved just avoiding looking at all the news that was going on because when the pandemic first started, there was a lot of people just throwing out a bunch of information that they heard anywhere and some information wasn't reliable. So she just disconnected herself from what was going on to reduce any stress, extra stress that she might 
getting. And she was very strict about not seeing anyone, even though she really wanted to have a beautiful pregnancy where she was able to connect with her family and everything. She chose to just stay in for her own safety and her child's safety. And she always wore a mask if she had to go out. And she was just very cautious with everything. So I interviewed Christine and um, she discussed how she attended birthing classes prior to having her baby. She said she wanted, it was her first child. So she wanted to get informed as much as she could. And she just wanted to have like methods of what, like backup methods, just in case her husband wasn't available to go with her. And since um, it's COVID, she wanted to have at least one person um, available to go with her since that's the only, um, their requirement is that they can only have one person with them. I mean, I can start this discussion. Um, I really think that it was interesting, like how like much thought and preparation all of these women put into like what conditions would be like for them to give birth. I mean, that makes sense, but I don't know if that's something that has been as important in other other time periods because of now you can only have one other person in your delivery room, or if you're not going to be giving birth at a hospital and you're going to be giving birth at home, there's so many other safety risks beyond just like, okay, when my time comes, I'm just going to go to the hospital. Or when my time comes, I'm going to call my doula. There has to be so much more consideration going into it. Yeah. On that um, one other person in the room thing, Kimberly, the woman I interviewed, talked about how when the news of the pandemic first hit, she was in her third trimester and she lives in San Francisco. So all the hospitals essentially shut down their maternity wards as much as possible and said, like, look, you can't even have your husband or your doula in the room with you when you give birth. You get nobody. It's you and the doctors. Um, So she was really, really stressed about that. And I'm sure that definitely influenced her methods of preparation and sort of the ideas she had going into delivery. Uh, And eventually, I think largely due to pushback from patients and mothers hospitals in San Francisco at least relaxed their rules after about a month. So by the time she delivered, she was allowed to have one person in the room with her and she ended up choosing her doula uh, to be in the room with her. So that is a lot of stress and not a conventional thing that women usually have to worry about right before they give birth. Um, So so a pretty unique stressor in this uh, environment that we're living in now. Also from like an OBGYN perspective, um, not just from the patient, there is an article recently by Dr. Caitlin Fist, who is an OBGYN in New York. And because the cases are so high in New York, the governor said that there would be no one allowed in the room at first at the peak of the pandemic there. But now the New York governor said that one person is allowed in the room. But personally, Dr. Fist said that she prefers if no one was in the room just because those people are using COVID tests when they enter the hospital that could be used for patients as well as like PPE for other healthcare professionals. So it's like interesting how the doctors are also facing like different anxieties and stress um, from the situation. That's a really interesting side that I hadn't thought about. Wow. I mean, personally, I know people who have gone in to like get a COVID test and there's so many that are so limited. I know people that have gotten actually turned away because they aren't like needing hospitalization that they go to the hospital or they go to their doctor and they say, I'm showing some symptoms like, I can't taste, I'm coughing a lot. And they said, there's not enough tests. And even if you got a test, it would be weeks before we would get it back to you because there's so many shortages. 
the test in New York, they the results come in the same day within eight to twelve hours, but that's not a, that's not fast enough for um, the doctors to know if the partner and the patient have COVID. So by that time, there would still they would already be in labor, and it's just not fast enough for them to know or if people will be at risk of COVID. I've also personally found that not just there's a lot of restrictions just from like employers too. For instance, my mother works at a retirement home. And all the staff there is required to get tested every week. However, they don't provide the testing themselves. They have to like go to an outside testing facility like CVS. And even then, they're not told not to come into work until they receive a negative result. They're still able to go in and they just hope that the result's going to stay negative. And also there's a lot of misinformation where their CNAs that like come and do the blood work for the people living there, they many of them actually tested positive before and came back, but because they tested positive once, people are kind of assuming they're not going to get coronavirus again. And so they're not being routinely checked anymore, but they're still finding that some of the the residents in the retirement home are still getting sick. For our next question, what were or are you expecting pregnancy or birth to be like? Were you right? What was the biggest surprise or unexpected challenge you faced? Uh, I can start going with uh, Kimberly's answer to that question. So it was her first pregnancy, as I've mentioned before. Um, And she said that for the most part, she expected everything that happened to happen because she had prepared herself so much with books and stories from other women. Um, But she did mention a couple of things about her experience giving birth that she really didn't expect. Um, Primarily that the medical staff, the doctors and the nurses um, didn't really communicate with her. At one point, she was rushed into the OR um, prepping for an emergency C-section, but they didn't tell her anything. So she was panicking. She thought she was losing her child. She thought she was bleeding out. She didn't know what was going on. Um, And she remarked how surprised she was that her medical team didn't communicate and that her doula did. Her doula was such an advocate for her. Um, There were instances when she was staying in the hospital where her doula really went above and beyond to help her through delivery and postpartum life. Like, uh, for example, the doctors had told her that she couldn't eat or drink anything, but she was talking to her doula about being thirsty. And so the doula ordered her a clear liquids tray with jello and water and ice chips and things that um, she was able to get down. But that was just because of her doula being an advocate for her that she was able to get access to those kind of things. So that was um, something that surprised her a bit about delivering in a hospital. So Stephanie talked about how, because she had been pregnant prior to her experience most recently, she was expecting things to go very smooth. She had gone through everything before. She delivered in a hospital as well the first time. But because she was only about halfway through her second trimester when the the pandemic started, she found herself very stressed because suddenly it was like, all these resources were no longer readily available whenever she needed them. She had to also do a lot more research about the regulations just because, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, regulations were changing pretty often. It was like, 
oh, like we're limiting it to one person in the delivery room and then it was no one. And then some hospitals lightened up on that restriction and she still had about four months of her pregnancy left. So she constantly kept having to change her plan as the pandemic progressed. Um, But she did find that despite how stressful it was during the pregnancy, she was able to have like a relatively pleasant delivery just because the staff at the hospital she um, went to, they, they happened to be work really great with her. Um, They were pretty strict about the testing before going in. Um, But for her being in labor, she wasn't required to wear her mask, but she chose to just for her own safety. And she found that the delivery went very smooth for her. So Christine was talking about, um, since it was her first pregnancy, she was talking about how she expected um, more vomiting and cravings, basically what she had read about. But um, it wasn't um, like how she had read, like it wasn't, she wasn't vomiting every day. And also um, I think she mentioned her biggest surprise was how warming people were to her. Everybody was like really like nice and congratulating her, even people she didn't even know. And um, I think one of the challenges or um, was like her appointments and giving birth because every, it was like chaotic. Everybody was wearing a mask. So it was just like the environment just seemed like there was a lot going on. I find Kimberly's story um, really unfortunate almost that she had such a unsupportive medical team working with her besides her doula. Um, I know that this is often the case and not that I'm saying that her experience is similar to this, but as we saw in the film, No Mas Bebes, like the lack of communication and just, okay, we're going in to do a procedure, not communicating, not explaining. It seems to be a pervasive issue in the medical system. Um, Yeah, I just thought that that was interesting and unfortunate to hear. Yeah, it's... um I think pretty typical, right, with hospital births um, in contrast to home births, that because they're so sterile and clinical, we, um, we lose the aspect of patient advocacy and communication that's, that's typical of home births um, and medical teams because they have such a narrow window of time to often during a, during a birth, they have such a narrow window of time to get into an operating room or apply the right procedure or whatever. Um, Communication with the mom kind of goes out the window because in that environment, which is already set up to be clinical, that's the most important. The the medical aspect of it is the most important and not empathy and communication um, with the mom who's actually giving birth, uh, which I think is pretty unfortunate and definitely the result of, yeah, as you said, like fear about childbirth and the the ideal of a hospital hospital birth that's been pushed on American women, especially. Um, I am grateful and glad that she had a doula in the room with her who was able to, you know, kind of calm her down and be her line of communication between the medical team and her. Um, that would have been really overwhelming I think if she didn't have uh, anyone there with her letting her know what was going on and I feel for the women early in the pandemic who weren't allowed anyone in the birthing room with them like imagine that kind of scenario without a doula or without a partner or 
one of your parents or something with you in the room, if it was just you and a doctor and you had no idea what was going on, I think that'd be really overwhelming. I think additionally, just building off of that, by the fact that a lot of these women said that they were wearing masks or in the medical team were all wearing masks in the birthing room, I, that even that layer of disconnection, not being able to see the faces of the people who are with you at this very important, pivotal and intimate moment in your life, I feel like that would just add another layer of distance and lack of communication and like anxiety for these women. This episode of Think Positive is sponsored by the Mom Support Group, which is a team of postpartum advocates to help expecting moms, new moms, or a mom who is simply scared and stressed in times like these. They provide peer virtual support groups via Zoom to talk, listen, and discover coping techniques and develop a mindful practice. To learn more, go to thebloomfoundation.org. Okay, moving on to our next question. Um, How has the experience of being pregnant changed because of COVID-19? So Kimberly's description of being pregnant during COVID-19 was a bit apocalyptic at times. You know, she she received the news of all the shelter-in-place closures and everything um, in her third trimester, and she is a single mom, so pretty got pretty scared uh hearing all that news you know she went to the grocery store and was one of the people stocking up on food because remember at that time we really didn't know if supply lines were going to be cut off if grocery stores were going to close um so trying to get food for herself as well as you know diapers and formula and baby clothes and she she was worried about having to rely on like amazon prime shipping for things her baby needed. Um, so that was a really weird, uh, weird thing that happened, um, during your third trimester, you know, that's again, so not typical to be stressed about access to diapers. Um, so that was, that was the thing she talked about and we've already touched on this, but the initial news from hospitals that no one was allowed in the birthing room and how that evolved over the course of a few weeks um, was certainly a component of her pregnancy that was complicated by, uh, you know, the pandemic. Um, She described when she went into the hospital to give birth as being like a scene out of a movie kind of there every entrance to the hospital was shut down except for the emergency room entrance. So everyone had to walk through the emergency room. Um, And there were screening questions and temperature checks and nobody was allowed with you. So she walked in alone carrying her change of clothes and pillows and things and was among all these other people experiencing, you know, symptoms of COVID-19 and, broken legs and all the things you usually see in an emergency room. So just how strange that experience was. Um, And then while she was actually giving birth, she mentioned that the hospital had a policy that everyone had to wear a mask, including moms while they were delivering. Um, But that ended up not being enforced when she was actually in labor. So I think that was a bit of a weight off her shoulders because she described not being super concerned in the moment about the masks, you know, that it was, it was kind of a relief for her that she didn't have to wear a mask while she was giving birth, because I can imagine that would 
not be the most comfortable thing because, you know, giving birth is already not a, not a walk in the park. So adding a mask on top of that, I think would add another layer of unpleasantness. So that was, that was her experience. So Stephanie mainly discussed how it wasn't so much where the actual like delivery process changed for her because she still felt like it went pretty pleasant. It was more of the month leading up to having to go give birth was that she suddenly felt like her initial plans kind of had to be rethought completely. So she ended up having to do a lot more research as to maybe she should change her plans. So she looked into maybe giving birth at home or whether she should do a water birth or if she should be medicated or anything. And she just found herself to get very overwhelmed by suddenly feeling like that she had to change all the plans that she had and what she had done during her first pregnancy. Um, And ultimately it was just, it got to the point where she couldn't find many sufficient answers on her own because a lot of those things aren't talked about, especially here in the United States where birth is very medicalized and that's kind of just seen as the normal. So she kind of just went with that because there was a lot of fear going on with like, oh, especially during the pandemic, if she were to give birth at home, she was worried that there might not be um, a quick enough way to get to the hospital in time if something bad were to happen during labor or even like calling 911. There was a lot of like, there wasn't a guarantee that they could get there quickly anymore. So she ultimately just went with what was seen as the norm before. And even though she, it was stressful, she was able to endure it. So Christine talked about what well, she gave birth in um, April, which was around the time where COVID was at its peak. So um, she talked about how entering the hospital, um, somebody was taking her temperature and they didn't even want her husband to be there for that. And so it caused her to worry, especially because she had heard stories about other hospitals not letting um, a partner or anyone be by their side while giving birth. But after discussions with um, her doctor, they finally allowed her to have at least one person there. So she was just kind of worried about um, just being there without support. Um, I think the the amount of stress and that these women were able to endure that, even like some of them almost alone, is just truly remarkable. And I'd like to just take a moment to really be in like on appreciation of that strength. I think additionally, um, it will be interesting to see how this stress will impact uh, these women and their children in the future. Um, not to sound too cynical, but like in comparison, as we've talked before, to the Dutch, Dutch hunger winter, where there's this specific period of time with highly in, increased stress levels across everyone, um, almost globally, that I think it'll be a really interesting time to look back on, to be able to examine. Um, but again, just really speaking to the strength of these women. I also think that there are so many unknowns with COVID because every page, including CDC for pregnant women, says that there's not not much data and that there's so many things that they don't know yet. And as of like July 14th, there is a case study published that of one case proven of transplacental transmission of COVID from the mother who tested positive to the baby. And I feel like even though it's only one case, that will like um, cause a lot of fear and anxiety for pregnant women, especially since this occurred in her third trimester. And that's like already when pregnant mothers will be like facing a lot of fear. And like that just goes also to show like 
we don't know what will happen for like future generations too. So our last question is, if you have been pregnant before, how was your experience different than before COVID? So Stephanie had actually, as I mentioned, she had been pregnant before 10 years prior. And so that's a pretty big gap. So she expected things to be different, of course, but with the pandemic, no one expected it to be this different. She felt that both pregnancies, for the most part, they were very beautiful, but she didn't expect all the stress that came with the second one. She always thought her first pregnancy would be the most stressful and then every pregnancy after would just be easier because she'd been through it before. Like It shouldn't be that hard to do it again, but just the way things happened so quickly with this pandemic, it was suddenly everything was changing for her. And she discussed how different her stays at the hospital has been after her delivery. Whereas when she delivered the first time, she, she was given a full 24 hours before she was expected to have to like get up and walk around. And even if she wasn't ready after the 24 hours, she was able to tell them like, Hey, I'm not ready. Like, I think I need a little more time. And they were okay with that. But post delivery in the hospital for with COVID, she was only allowed to stay in the hospital for a total 48 hours after birth. And she was expected to be walking only 10 to 14 hours after the surgery, which was especially hard on her because she also had a, a cesarean section. So for her to, be expected to just be walking and not that much time. Like it was only 10 to 14 hours. It was scary because yes, they didn't want to risk her getting sick in the hospital or anything or anything to happen to, to her husband or her other son who had to stay at home um, with her grandma um, with his grandma. Sorry. Um, it was just very stressful feeling like you had to rush just to get out of the hospital, even though, she had just been through this pretty like life-changing experience. So I think the only mother that was uh, already was already a mother when she gave birth in the pandemic was the woman that Raymond interviewed. So uh, just moving into like a discussion, it'll be really interesting to see in a few years, hopefully when things have gone back to some semblance of normal, um, maybe interviewing these women again and asking uh, what follow, their following pregnancies have been like. If their first child was born during the pandemic and their first experience with delivery was you know, what we've talked about, seeing how that precedent changes for them over the course of their lives if they choose to have more children. Um, in contrast to what Raymond was just talking about in the, in the opposite order, you know, giving, giving birth for the second or third time during the pandemic versus giving birth first during the pandemic. Um, I hope that we can get back to some semblance of normal in the future, you know. Um, hopefully it's not this heightened level of stress for new moms um, for the rest of all time. Um, <laughs> we can all cross our fingers for that. I totally agree with Chloe. I, I can only hope that after hopefully sooner than later, the, the stress and the tension about going and getting medical care declines. And I would hope that these women who had given birth during a pandemic would be just extra vigilant and extra prepared when it came to their later births. And as we saw with their other 
answers they had given, all of these women really took time to prepare and find the best means of delivery and during the pandemic. And so with that experience already under their belt, I would only expect that they would have even more like successful births because they already have this experience of coping with stress and finding what is going to work best for them. Okay, before we wrap up, we can't forget the tip of the day. This week's tip is on managing stress during the pandemic. Some great ways to manage stress are staying connected with family, taking breaks from COVID-19 news and social media, and talking to your OBGYN or healthcare professional if you are feeling anxious or sad. For next week's episode, we will be discussing education during COVID-19, from reopening schools to what online education looks like. If you have questions you'd like to get answers or thoughts on this topic, don't hesitate to contact us at thinkpositive at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.